You are listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia D'Souza. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hey, everybody, it's Letitia. Thanks for joining me. I am back from some trips that I've taken. I went to Charlotte. I had to pull up on one of my clients and work with her. I went to Tampa so I could meet up with my baby and spend some time with her. I have some other things coming up in Orlando and in New Orleans. So my life is is picking up in a beautiful way, just like so many great things are unfolding in my life. And so I'm very, very grateful for that. That being said, I was just sharing with the producer that those things are great on the one hand, but the behind the scenes of that is that I feel like I have so much emotional upheaval and disruption that's happening in my life. And I know that a lot of people, you know, I always say on social media, people post the highlight reels, but they don't post the R-E-E-L-S, but they don't post the R-E-A-L. If there's anything that I ever want y'all to get from me is that I'm R-E-A-L. So I don't just want to paint this pretty picture because everything is not always pretty. Like I, I go through things and I said on another podcast that Because I feel my feelings and I allow myself to feel my feelings and I don't try to suppress, well, sometimes I do suppress or repress my feelings, I feel them more deeply than probably a lot of people do. So even today, I'm just in this raw and fragile emotional place and my natural inclination would be like, no, wait till you feel a little bit better, maybe a little bit stronger um, to go record the podcast, but that makes no sense because what you what you get from me is what's real and that's not going to change. So I'm very, you know, I'm just here. I'm very thankful to be here and, and just keep at it. The other thing that I'm very thankful for, like this is really real. I don't have a lot of people in my inner circle. I wouldn't even call it a circle for all practical purposes, but I was just telling the producer that my spiritual mentor and friend, um, just a couple of days ago, I was just like, I'm tired. I am weary, right? I'm sick of this shit. Uh, I, I was respectful enough not to, to tell her that, but that's how I was feeling. Like, I'm over it. I'm tired of helping people. I'm tired of being the go-to. I'm tired of being the rock for everybody else and feeling like the rock has fallen on me. I told her I'm tired. I'm weary. I don't got nothing else to give. Not I don't have. I don't got nothing else to give. And she just listened to me. And she just listened to me. And she just listened to me. And she just let me vent. And when I was done, she prayed for me. Now, there's a difference in somebody. I appreciate all prayers, right? But she prayed strength back into me so that I felt like I was slipping on Friday by Saturday. After I rested, my feet were back on solid ground. That doesn't mean necessarily that my emotional state, you know, necessarily changed because I'm still feeling my feelings and going through those processes. But man, oh man, oh man, I was just like, I sent her a voice note today to say, I am so thankful to God 
that you are in my life. God knows I'm a special needs child. I'll tell all y'all that, like, I'm special needs, that God sent me a personal prayer warrior and a personal intercessor. So for me, that's what I need. Because in my life, shit gets real. I don't, I don't know what y'all got going on, but in my life, like, I'm not privileged enough to walk people through processes, to get in the trenches with people, to walk people through the depths of the darkness in their lives, in business or personally, and I don't deal with my own stuff. Like, I don't, I don't get to live that in that way. That is what I'm, what I'm saying and what I'm doing is incongruent. So you best believe that my life and my work, my life and my words, they are one and the same. So you you can rest assured that anything that I am telling you on this podcast, that I am challenged with the very same things that I am um, saying to you, and I'm, and I'm simply a vessel. So sometimes I appreciate it. Sometimes I resent it. Sometimes I'm just like, somebody else can do this work. But I do know that this is my path, that this is my purpose. The podcast is a part of my purpose, but I'm saying my work is my purpose. But I also know that my pain has informed the greatest part of my purpose. I was telling the producer that I can remember when I was so broke and I just couldn't seem to figure things out financially. And I, and I felt such deep shame. And I was just like, I know that there's so much more potential in me and I don't know how to get to it and I don't know how to access it. And it felt to me like I would never break through and get to a different place. Well, now uh, I'm almost to a place of, you know, like financial freedom. So I, I, I just stayed the course and I broke through and now I help so many other people in that area. I remember when my relationship with my daughter, I felt like the most horrible mother in the world. Like, oh man, <laughs> I told him I might be crying about that. Um, I felt like, why would I have this baby? Or why would I be gifted with this child? And I feel like I don't know how to raise her. And I went through so many rough patches. <laughs> okay, let me get it together here. And then one day I looked up and it was like the sun shined. The sun, the sun was shining on our relationship. And now we're thick as thieves. Like we're we're really, really close. But it was so hard. Like I didn't think that I was gonna make it through that. So being in these processes right now. God has a track record with me, and so all I can do is trust the process. So um, I say a lot of times, you guys probably know the scripture, many are called, but few are chosen. This is what chosenness looks like. This, this is what chosenness looks like. The chosen aren't chosen just because they're like special snowflakes. The chosen are chosen because of their response because they still say yes, they still show up. Friday, I was cussing all y'all out, like, listen, let people figure their own shit out. Like, I had to figure out mine. I'm tired, I'm sick of it, I quit, I quit life. But two days later, I'm, I'm here, and I'm showing up, and I keep showing up, and I keep saying yes. That's that's what being chosen looks like. Like, you, you keep saying yes, and um, the other part of that is I don't have the, the, the privilege, if you will, of having a whole bunch of people that I can rely upon, right? And God designed it that way. So most of everything that I get, it comes from God and a select few people that God allows to speak into my life that he entrusts with me and that I entrust with me. So 
that's that on that. That's that's the update with with how I am. It's just it's just a rough, raw, emotional place today, which brings me to the thing that I want to talk about. And that is, um, you know, there's another podcast about you can't heal what you won't feel. But I realized that the more time I spend being versus doing, the more my feelings come to the surface. Some of us cannot be still long enough or be with ourselves long enough because we're afraid of what we might meet when we meet ourselves, right? The, there's a, a quote that says, adversity is, is when a man is introduced to himself. If you sit still long enough, like if you just be, be in your being and just be still, you are going to meet yourself in a way that you might not be prepared for because some things about you will come to the surface that you might not be prepared to deal with. Why do you think so many people distract themselves through TV, you know, relationships, social media, work, like whatever your thing is? That's why, because when you really spend time with yourself and there's nobody but you and you, it gets real and it gets raw. So I realized that even yesterday, I didn't leave the house, not because I couldn't, but I just felt like I need to be. I need to be in my being and I need to allow my emotions to just be whatever they are and to feel them and not try and make them anything other than what they are. And the other thing is a lot of times we have a difficult time sitting with unpleasant emotions. Like when I feel myself about to cry, well, crying is inconvenient because I got something else that I need to do. No, 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 no. So what I want you to understand is that your emotions are telling you something. But if you don't sit still long enough to listen, you'll never get the message. You'll keep going on with life. You'll keep missing the lessons. And you know, our lessons are repeated until our lessons are learned. Your emotions are trying to tell you something. You're not listening. And then situations get worse. So why is that so important? I can remember in um, 2018, I was in the emergency room because my body felt like I was having a heart attack, right? Watching so much of that damn Grey's Anatomy, I knew all the signs and the symptoms and I know the rates of African-American women and heart disease. So I was like, oh no. So I'm in the hospital and they're like, your blood pressure is elevated so we can tell that you're in pain. They're running uh, they did EKGs. They did everything known to man. And they're like, and we we can't find anything wrong. And I said, okay. Next day, I was right back. And they're like, they're doing EKGs. They got everything. They're doing everything again. Kept me overnight for a stress test. Couldn't find anything wrong with my heart. And it was right before a major transition was happening in my life, which lets me know that my emotions will throw off my body. So sometimes people think they have physical sicknesses and all these mysterious illnesses, you know, like everything is labeled under autoimmune right now, right? And I think a lot of it is our unprocessed emotions, our repressed and our sub suppressed emotions because we don't feel them. We've just like packed them down, buried the feelings down, and we think that they're just magically going to go away. Well, one of my prayers is, you know what, God, I want to heal in a greater way. Well, you're going to heal in a greater way, then that means you're going to feel the things that you need to feel. So me feeling my emotions, um, it is not the most pleasant thing, but I also don't want 
trauma to remain stored in my body, to remain locked in my body. And I'm, I end up with knots and bumps and lumps and all kind of stuff that was formed from an emotional nature. So what you hear is actually me in a healing process. Um, so feeling your feelings is really, really so important. The other reason why that is so important, uh, I was thinking about this yesterday, is because all of us have an inner child. And as as a 48-year-old, whole-grown woman, there is still a little Tish, Tish Jr., whatever you want to call her, okay? But there is still a little Tish. So one of my friends was asking me the other day, she was like, I was telling her, I was like, I feel like I need to cry, but I got stuff to do. And she was like, go be with yourself and cry. And I was just like, but it's so inconvenient. But anyway, she asked me, she was like, what does your inner child need? Like, what does she need right now? And it made me think about how important it is not just to feel your feelings, but to always be asking yourself, what is it that I need? And like, where is this need coming from? And how can I give it to myself, right? So that got me to thinking. Y'all know I'm always thinking and I'm going back, way back. I was just really thinking about my childhood and just some 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 things in my childhood. Now, let me preface this by saying my childhood, it wasn't all bad. It is, it is what it is, right? So no blame on mother, father, grandmother, anybody. They were who they are, were because of the way life shaped them. But when I was just thinking about some elements of my childhood and then how it transitioned into my, you know, my formative years going into adulthood. And then I was thinking about the needs that were unmet and that I have to meet now, right? That I'm aware of them. So let me give you an example. I was thinking about as a child, my family was not affectionate at all. Not verbally, no I love yous, no hugs, no kisses. Like my family was not an affectionate family, right? I didn't have a lot of the choice and freedom to explore. My mom was the kind of person that was like, this is what you need to do. She kind of had a plan. So I didn't really have a lot of choice and freedom to explore or what I would say is really make mistakes, right? Um, so it, it felt very, very controlling. I, and looking back, it felt very controlling. So I didn't get a lot of nurturing. I didn't get a lot of guidance and correction around like, you know, sex or life or otherwise. I don't feel like I got unconditional acceptance. Uh, I felt like I was accepted or praised when I performed, like when I got really good grades or when I did something. Now, this is not just my mother, mind you. I'm just talking about the entirety of my childhood. Words of affirmation. I wasn't I wasn't built up. Let's see, what else? Gentleness. Like, my, my family was kind of, you know, not gentle in manner or turn, tone. And then I don't think either that I got a lot of male attention and affirmation in my childhood either. Like I had uncles that were around. I had eight of them. So I was an observer of them. My my dad, you know, moved to a different state. I talked about that before. So that relationship got kind of distant. But just consistent male presence and attention and affirmation, that was not in my childhood. So if you think about all of those things, they're in no particular order. I thought about, okay, well then how did that shape me into the woman that I became? right? As an adult. So as an adult, based on the things that I just told you, 
I showed up in a way that was very distant and detached. My I was very distant and very detached because I was I guess it was it was a defense mechanism that I learned like not to let people get close to me. So I was guarded. I could show up as really indifferent and emotionally unavailable in many many instances in most instances because I guess nobody ever really dealt with my emotions and so I didn't know how to handle other people's emotions. They felt invasive to me or overwhelming. I think that I was incapable of vulnerability. Like my mom was a very strong, independent, get shit done, kind of handle your business kind of woman. And I probably saw my mom cry. I was an adult the first time I saw my mom cry. So my mom always exhibited this strength and like she had it all, she had life all figured out. So there was no real vulnerability there. So I, and as an adult, I felt like I was, in, I didn't realize it, but I think I was incapable of vulnerability. Like nobody saw me like crack or soften. I became very manipulative. In the other podcast, I told y'all I was a master manipulator. I became very seductive because without, like I said before, without guidance and correction around sex life and otherwise, I knew then like, okay, I get male attention through my body. So hmm, here's the way that I can use this to get more male attention. You don't consciously think that, but everybody is always looking for ways to survive in their environments. Not only did I become manipulative and seductive, but I became quite rebellious, right? So if somebody else saying going left, I'm ready to go right because I think that was me resisting what felt like control and enmeshment in my environment. As rebellious as I was, uh, I was really immature, and then I, I came, I picked up that same strong and independent spirit that my mom had. Uh, what else? Because I wasn't really given the grace to make a lot of mistakes, I became a perfectionist. So perfectionism is rooted in fear, so I was just obsessed with things being right, looking right. And I had a very, very distorted view of men, right? A very Men became just like, a pawn, you know? So it was just like, I was always looking at, okay, I could conquer him, overpower him, and then I'm off to the next thing. I don't necessarily even mean in a sexual way. That's not what I mean. I mean, just like in a mental way. But I think in essence, I was always looking for a man who was stronger than my uncles, who was stronger than the men around me, who wouldn't succumb to that, right? So if you can understand what I'm saying from the way that I grew up, to the way that I showed up as an adult, you will understand that the way that you are showing up in life right now is tied to those childhood things. You may not have put the patterns together, but I would invite you to go and do that if how you're showing up in life is affecting your relationships or you're not just you're just not seeing what you want in your life, right? But where that's taken me is when I was thinking about reparenting the inner child and what does the little girl need that I didn't get in these processes. Because now, as the adult, as the parent to my own inner child, I can't go to my mom and be like, hey, mom, this is what I need from you, right? Now it's my responsibility to give her those things that I, did not, I didn't get. It's nobody else's responsibility. And this is where we all so often go wrong in relationships is we automatically think that somebody else is going to give us the things that we did not get. And it's our responsibility to know what they are. You can ask, but it's really not other people's responsibility. So anyway, 
when I was thinking about this yesterday, I was like, what is it that I need? Even in this emotional process, what is it that I need? I need loving kindness. I need to be really kind with myself. I need to be kind in the words that I'm using to myself and in the way that I'm speaking to myself. If I would think about having a child right now, right? I need to extend grace to myself. Okay, Letitia, you can do better next time. Let's just do better next time. What do we need to learn from this this situation, this experience? Okay, well, then we're going to learn this and we're going to do better. I need patience, patience with myself. Patience is not a strong suit of mine, not just with myself, but with other people. So I need to extend patience with myself. When you go through processes, you know, it takes time to just learn certain things. It takes time to unlearn and relearn certain things. Um, gentleness, being very gentle. Because remember, gentleness was not, I didn't come from a gentle environment. I didn't come from an environment of gentleness, but that does not mean that it wasn't needed. So I can soften and be gentle to my own inner child, Um, giving myself the freedom to make mistakes. I make a lot of mistakes. Like I get a lot of things right, but I make a lot of mistakes. And so I extend grace and patience and gentleness to myself and give myself the freedom to make those mistakes without them meaning anything about me personally, right? Because a lot of times when we make mistakes, we're judged or we're criticized. So in a reparenting process, when I make mistakes, I have to be gentle and just gently redirect myself to what I could do better next time. Protection. I have to protect myself. Little children, what are they? They're open, they're vulnerable, they trust the world, right? And 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 that's not <laughs> most times a good thing. So I have to protect myself. I have to ensure that I'm around people and, and in environments that have my best interest at heart. I need reassurance. And so I have to reassure myself that, you know what? Everything is going to be okay. We are safe. We got this. We're going to be good. And and I just I just reassure myself. Fun. I love having fun. The little girl in me loves fun, loves laughter. And and I, you know, I play all day in many instances when I'm working, and that's a crucial part of healing the inner child and I would say probably the last couple of things is physical touch and just reminding myself that I'm worth fighting for and I'm worth fighting over. I'm talking about myself because sometimes life can be heavy and life can be hard and you just want to throw in the towel. I'm telling you, I was just there two days ago, right? And so I'm just reminding myself that no, you are worth fighting over and you are worth fighting for. So there is this constant nurturing, if you will, of the inner child. And it might sound a little bit strange to some of y'all who haven't really studied this out, but let me tell you why it's not and why it's so important. And I would invite you to consider it. It's because if you look at studies, 90% of everything that we do comes from our subconscious programming. So that comes from the programming that you received between the time that you were zero to seven years old. So at 48 years old, 90% of what's running the show in my life occurred when I was zero to seven. So you better damn sure believe that I am very invested and intentional and committed 
to reparenting the little girl so that I can change the subconscious wiring and programming and how she is showing up as an adult, right? So that's why a lot of times when we go to make changes, we make changes at the conscious level, but the problem doesn't exist at the conscious level. The problem or the challenge or the opportunity exists at the subconscious level. So sometimes people don't want to go back. People don't want to deal. People say, you don't have to do that. You can just move forward. Listen, there's a gazillion ways to skin a cat, as they say, but I'm just telling you, this is my way. This is my path. This is the way God teaches me. This is the way that I that I help other people is that you got to get the shovel and you just got to start digging. You got to start digging. You got to start digging stuff up. You got to start uprooting it. And then you start planting new seeds in your subconscious mind, repetition, and then those things ultimately show up in your actual life. Now, most people don't want to do that because you know what that takes? That takes work. That takes time. That takes process. That takes patience. And because we want these microwave miracle of a, um, of a fix, when we've been screwed up in many instances for 35, 40 years, we think that something magical is going to happen. And in three months' time, you have moved from point A to point Z and where you want to be. And in my experience, that just has not been the case. So I would just invite you to think about who you were or what your family of origin was like and how that affected you, how it, how it formed you. And then where might there be a disconnect between what you received and what it is that you actually need? Because then you can take on the responsibility of giving that to yourself. And so often what happens is because we don't know, we're walking through life clueless and we're walking through life and we have no idea. We're just walking around with these gaping voids and we have no idea how to fill them. We have no idea what they are. And so we're just constantly putting in stuff that won't just give us the fulfillment that we need. And so you know what that means, basically, that you or people, I should say, are walking around empty walking around very, very empty without any of the things that they need to be fulfilled. So this process that I'm going through is to ensure that I live a life of fulfillment, right? Filling the voids with the things that they need to be filled with. And that is my responsibility. So yeah, if you, if you, if you understood that the subconscious mind was running the show, then I think that in many instances, we would take this so much more seriously than in many instances that we do. So yeah, that's that's what it is for today. Real, raw, maybe a little bit raggedy, but I don't really care because the one thing that I've learned in this process is to accept all of the parts of me, all of the parts, the 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 shadow parts, all of the parts of me because they are all a part of who I am. Um and yeah, we just going to keep along on this journey together and see where we end up. But I do always come out on the other side of this. And so this will be no different. I am fully persuaded in my own mind about that. Thank you so much as usual for joining, for listening, for holding space for my emotions today. And I hope that you guys have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day.